Hello and welcome to our latest Pudi podcast uh, with myself, Richard Bonilla and Joe Ramage. Hi Joe, how are you doing? Not bad yourself? Not so bad, thank you. Um, fresh from uh, the, well, disappointing trip to Colchester in the end. Um, we'll reflect on that. Um, well, we'll start with that actually and then we'll just kind of get into the transfer business that Pools did or didn't do um, last week um, following a, a, obviously a poor start of the season and Kind of what happens next? What was your uh, reflections on the weekend uh, so far, Joe? Have you managed to get over it so far? Yeah, yeah, it was a long trip back. I'm sure it was even longer for the players as well. To be honest, uh, no one got so close. It wasn't necessarily a bad performance. Um, just as Paul Hartley said, it will have felt like a defeat when you get so close. You know, 94th minute to kick in the teeth at any time, but when you're still searching for that first win in the league. Even more so, I think. So, it'll certainly be one that will have stung for a couple of days this week, I would have thought. Well, obviously, Matty Longstaff was playing for Colchester as well and um, I needed a piece yesterday touching on that. Kind of, I guess, disappointment really that Pools haven't been haven't been able to, for whatever reason, get that many loans in from the northeast clubs this summer. Um, obviously, Taylor coming in from Sunderland, but beyond that, you know, they've struggled. Um, what's, what's your kind of take on it and... Um, is it just to do with building those relations, or do you think those clubs have looked at pools of season and thought, well, they've had a they've had a shocking start to League Two, so we're not going to send our players there, or do you think it's just uh, better options else elsewhere, maybe? Possibly a little bit of both. I think um, the Longstaff one is a is a strange one. It, it was one of the moves on deadline day that sort of grabbed a bit of attention because it looked as though he was going to go to League One, according to reports elsewhere. So when Colchester came into the frame, it's one of them where you think, well, should Hartlepool be chasing somebody like that? Um, I know that Paul Hartley was looking at different areas of the field, possibly like in terms of a striker and another centre-back. But if someone like Matty Longstaff becomes available and he's willing to travel 200 miles down the road, then it does make you think, well, should we go in for him? Um, and he, he kind of shared his disappointment on that as well, because it is one where you think, why aren't players like that coming here? Um, I know there was a long-standard interest with Joe White, for example, would have been a bit of an easy one given that he was there last year, but we couldn't necessarily get that one over the line. Again, slightly different area of the field, but it's something that they do need to work on, I think. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, they've brought Ellis Taylor in, who plenty of potential there. He was on the periphery with Sunland. Um, but the three clubs up there, you know, youngsters that aren't going to be involved in the squad, you'd like to think that Hartlepool can take advantage of that. And it hasn't been the case this summer, really. Sorry, speaking more widely then. Um, transfer window closed, 11 o'clock last Thursday. Um, Hartley on the Tuesday, I think, was obviously speaking quite confidently, or hopefully perhaps more, um, that you know he'd be able to get a few bodies in. In the end, it was just just one. Um, flagged as a kind of number 10. Um, I think he's played a fair bit of his football on the left-hand side, isn't he? Left-wing back as well sometimes, but um, clearly marked for pools as a number 10, so... See how he gets on, but um, what was your what was your take on the business done by Hartlepool on deadline day? Um, the window as a whole, have they done enough, or are they still kind of, you know, woefully short down that spine of the team? The deadline day was particularly interesting because, as you mentioned, we we spoke with the manager after the Harrogate game, and it seemed as though there was going to be movement there. There was going to be a couple coming in. I think just the way that he was he was very upbeat, obviously about the win as well, but. He seemed very upbeat that there would be players coming in as though maybe there might have been verbal agreements. I'm not sure, but he seemed very set on the fact that there was going to be maybe three or four coming in. And then for one reason or another, that just didn't happen. You could you could see the mood had changed when we went to speak to him on Thursday morning. 
Mm. Um, as though in those sort of 24 hours since that goalposts have been moved now, whether that was financially, whether that's players just moving on, taking decisions elsewhere, it could be a combination of both. Um, so ultimately, ultimately, it was a very frustrating day. Um, I think Paul Hartley was at the stadium working tirelessly behind the scenes for much of the day. And as you say, they got Clark Adore in from, from Barnsley. Versatile player, as you say, you look at where he has played, he's sort of up and down that left side, but I think he's coming in as a number 10. We've got a bit of a glimpse of him 20 minutes on Saturday at Colchester. <laughs> Neat and tidy on the ball, but at the same time, he was brought on when there was no strikers on the field as well. So it was difficult for him. You're almost playing with two number 10s rather than a number nine down the middle. Um, that's another thing that has caused issue uh, for Hartley this this summer. He's he's continuously uh, banged the drum about wanting another striker in for the last five or six weeks, and it hasn't happened. Um, and that is is particularly now with Josh Umer and really being out. It's going to be a big problem for them. Um, so yeah, it was a frustrating window in the end. If you if you bring in sixteen players in, I think. Perhaps not all of them are going to hit the ground running, but you need to fill the squad with with areas that you think are needed and, and up front was, was certainly one of them. And like I say, with them two injuries now, we don't know the extent of them injuries at the moment. He seemed a little bit more hopeful on uh, Umara's return, which is needed for this weekend. But yeah, frustrating window, I think. Yeah, it was an interesting week, wasn't it, last week? Obviously, the, the cup win. Um, obviously, you know, the Papa John's is not the priority of the season, but a win's a win nonetheless. And bit of confidence. Um, <clears throat> that then goes into the Colchester game, and they were so close to getting the first league win. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the reaction would be on, on Saturday. I guess I know we are down in London covering the Savannah Marshall fight uh, on Saturday, so we'll have full coverage at the mail via uh, Joe Book this weekend. But um, huge game for Pools. Doncaster at home, return of Molyneux. Um, Mitchell as well, obviously in goal. A couple of, uh, hopefully they won't have the last laugh on Saturday, but it's a big, um, it's a massive game, isn't it? And especially after the disappointment of last Saturday, you just hope that, you know, if, if they can get a win from somewhere and spark something, but, it, but you know, we're already several weeks into the season. You've touched on several times in your heart to pull copy for the mail, um, lack of goals and the amount of goals to concede. And it's, it's a worry, isn't it? It, it is. Uh, but again, going back to last week, I think if, if you look at full-time whistle against Harrogate, you get that first win. It looks like there's going to be a couple of players coming in. And then if you go to Colchester and get a win, all of a sudden it's a really, really positive week. But then that flipped. It totally flipped because the players didn't come in and then you get hit with that sort of punch of a late goal. So, like I say, all of a sudden then you, the mood around the camp's probably going to have been a little bit low this week. So, you look at these next two fixtures, there's two home games coming up, Doncaster and Crew and they need to get some points on the board because all of a sudden we we heading in towards that ten game of the season territory, which Paul Hartley had said at the start of the season, kind of that's your first milestone where you can judge me. And if that's the case, then there's going to be a little bit of concern if if the results don't go their way over these next uh, couple of days. Yeah, indeed. It's obviously well just less than a quarter of the season gone already. <laughs> this time, you know, this time next week. So. Uh... So yeah, interesting times at pools. Need to win from somewhere. How, how do you kind of sum up um, from the games you've seen so far? How would you kind of sum up League Two so far in terms of kind of quality on show? And obviously, you know, it was it's been touted again this week um, that Hartlepool have a playoff or just shy of a playoff budget. So fans will look at that, um, question that with the amount of players have come in. Is it just a case of quantity over quality? Um, 
or is it the way pools have been set up or is it just lacking players in key areas? Um, how do you kind of see the, the other competition in League Two and how far pools are off the pace at the minute? Um, <clears throat> at the minute, they seem quite way off. Uh, I mean, we addressed it at the start of the season. On paper, it looked like a difficult start in terms of the fixtures that they've had. You know, going to places like Northampton, going to Leighton Orient, they were flying, you know. It, it was a tough start and it doesn't get any easier neither with these two home games as well. Doncaster have made a bit pretty decent start. Crew not doing too bad as well. And then I think after that, you go to Sutton, which has not been a good hunting ground for them in the games that they've played there. So the standard does seem in these early games has been quite decent, but you're playing teams who you probably think will be up there or thereabouts. Saturday have been an exception to that with Colchester. I think the game was absolutely there to be won. Um, and as I said at the beginning of the show here, that I don't necessarily think Hartlepool played bad on Saturday. I think they, they played quite well. They invited pressure in the second half, which is frustrating. And then in that sense, you couldn't really begrudge Colchester the draw. But yeah, it's, it's difficult. And it, again, it just goes back to the transfer window, like goal scored and, and keeping them out. It was the Achilles heel last year, both ends. I think there was only two teams conceded more. Only five con uh, scored fewer. And it already looks as though they're going to be two categories that they're going to struggle in this year. Um, so if you go back to the transfer window and not getting that striker in, we, we know there was a few players that they were in talks with that they thought they were going to get over the line that didn't come off. And you just wonder how how much that's going to cost them going forward, really. And uh, Nicky Featherston, I guess, was an injury concern at the weekend. Um, we'll have an update on him uh, from Hartley in the morning. Um, press conference at um, the training ground on Thursday ahead of the weekend. Game with Doncaster at the Vic. Um, that's all the negatives out of the way then, Joe. Has there been any positives this season? Has anyone sort of impressed you so far at the new signings? Um, what's and kind of in terms of system formation, how how do you think Pools should approach the rest of the season? Do you think they should should change? Well, I think the defeat at Leighton Orient showed that three at the back is probably the way to go. You, you went with a back four at Leighton Orient and they were under all sorts of pressure from the first minute to be perfectly honest um, it was a bit of a surprise to see him drop Roland many essay in that game because I thought he's done quite well since he came in on loan from Walsall um, and that was a tactical decision and it was one that didn't really pay off he went back to that back three against Harrogate and then again against Colchester with many essay back in and they do look a much more solid unit defensively that way um, so he's been one that's been okay despite the goals that have gone against them. Um, at the other end, again, not many goals going in, but Josh Humer has done really well. He's, he's big physical presence up there. And I think you noticed that on Saturday as well when he wasn't there. He obviously had to start with Jack Hamilton, young lad coming on loan. Um, and it's the first real, I know he got the run out of Blackburn, but it's the first real show of them that we've got in the league. And he did okay in spells. He, he probably needs to hold the ball up a little bit better, but some of his link up wasn't too bad. But they missed that presence in the final third, particularly in the second half, with it just not sticking up the top with Umar where it would because he, he's in a battle all game uh, with defenders. Uh, and that just wasn't the case on Saturday. just kept coming back, which is why you kind of felt that there was a sense of inevitability about that equaliser going in. So, yeah, those two have been have been decent for me um, in the formation. I think he, he needs to settle on it because he's been... Swapping and changing quite a lot in the early stages, whether that's just to combat other teams or match teams up. Sometimes you need to believe in your in your own team and sort of say, "Well, this is what we're going to go with, and this <clears> is 
how we're going to approach games rather than worry about what other teams are going to do. Um, and I certainly think the back three is the way forward in that respect. Another interesting one from the weekend was obviously David Ferguson missing out. Uh, he kept faith with Brody Patterson down the left. He was okay against Harrogate and didn't necessarily do anything wrong against Colchester either. A couple of needless fouls possibly, but that'll be one to monitor because you'd think that Ferguson will be a key player this season, uh, going up and down that left, similar to Jamie Sturry on the right. Another who they missed on Saturday with injury, bit of a foot injury. Little coy on how serious that might be. He was one of the three that didn't travel for four, if you include Callum Cook, Cook as well. And then, as you say, Nicky Featherson going off. So all of a sudden, you get that frustrating into the transfer window where you don't get the bodies in, and then you're missing three or four players. Just shows why it needed to be an important and busy deadline day, and it wasn't. Yeah, no, it's definitely so. Interesting stuff. Um, just sort of finally then, um, free agent market is still available to clubs outside of transfer windows as long as the players were kind of free agents prior to the 11 o'clock deadline last Thursday. There's usually a reason why they're free agents still at this stage of the season. But um, And in terms of players going out, National League clubs can st- and below can still kind of loan, obviously, players from Hartlepool, which has happened in the past for 28-day spell loans and things like that. Um, do you envisage anybody, obviously the shine numbers at the minute a little bit, but do you envisage A, anybody kind of going out and B, do you think the free agent market's something that they'll, they'll be considering? I think the free agent market's definitely something that they'll be considering. We we kind of got a little bit of an insight into that from Paul Hartley on deadline day morning when we spoke to him. Like say, all of a sudden those three targets that he thought he was getting in and it wasn't happening, he, he referenced the fact that some deals can be done outside of the window. So that tells me that he's already looking at the free agency and it really wouldn't surprise me if there's somebody brought in, particularly if the injuries to Josh and Miguel and Joliet longer term than what he thinks, because at the minute there was only one striker. Went to Colchester and Hamilton himself, he, he came off after an hour with a little bit of a knock as well. So if that's going to be an issue, then it really wouldn't surprise me to see him a free agent striker in in terms of going out it'd be interesting again because obviously you've got Joe Gray in there um, you're not going to be getting shot of any players that he's brought in this summer so you're looking at sort of the seven who remain from last season and the two of the seven that haven't featured that much will be Mark Shelton and Joe Gray I know Joe's had a couple of injuries to start the season so he's still building up his fitness so whether something like what you mentioned there, 28-day loan, just to build that match fitness up, could be something they look at. I'm not sure. I asked Paul Hartley about that last week and he said it's not something that he, he's even considered because he sees him part of the squad. So his game time will be interesting to monitor over the next couple of weeks as well, I think. Um, so I'd be, I'd be a little bit surprised, I think, if anyone went out, but you can't necessarily rule it out, I suppose, if, if, if the game time's not there. Good stuff. Thanks for your time, Joe. Uh, we'll be back next week with another Pooley podcast. Um, as I say, Joe's off to uh, cover Savannah Marshall this weekend, so we wish Savannah all the luck in the world with that title fight. Um, and we'll have full coverage from uh, Pools v Doncaster via Joe Book this weekend. And uh, yeah, just please uh, keep buying the mail and uh, logging on to the website for all the latest Hartlepool United news.